North-South Connection podcast listeners, welcome to the multiverse of fabulousness. As always, it is Johnny C, who is I as your host here. And this post-Thanksgiving episode can get even breathe and do your pants fit. But you know what, though? I am not a huge fan of American Thanksgiving. So I celebrate Thanksgiving a different way. I celebrate it when teams of four or five strive to survive. Of course, I'm talking about the annual Thanksgiving tradition. And here in the multiverse of fabulousness, uh, we cannot do it alone. So since uh, our, our Grindhouse special back on Halloween, Spooky Slam 1991, I, I didn't want to mention this when I was on the air, but I was told through my earpiece during the recording of the show that it was the most listened to broadcast in pay-per-view audience history. And, and so we brought back a very special guest from Spooky Slam, Mr. Keith. Don't call me Big E Langston from uh, Greetings from Allentown. Keith, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's the Survivor Series. I'm doing great, Johnny. I am so excited. This is uh, one of my favorite real-life pay-per-views, and uh, I am dying to go to the multiverse of fabulousness for this episode we're looking at right now. This is the longest-running weekly episodic uh, <laughs> multiversal, multiversal based sports entertainment podcast. Yes. And I am dying to go through. I am so excited. Um, this was so difficult for me to, to, to rebook this only because I love this. I love this, this pay-per-view to begin with. So, um, and it, it was great. You had mentioned the, the promotional poster or checkbox, if you will, if you will. And I love that. So let's, let's get into this. Absolutely. So what we're talking about today, folks, is the Survivor Series 1990. Now, Keith has said his piece a little bit from me. I, I too, like this is such a nostalgic show, but it's such a show that that meant something at a time. Now, we're we're on the well, actually yesterday would have been the Survivor Series featuring war games. But look, it's not that day in this reality. So let's just call a spade a spade. They're trying to make Survivor Series relevant. Well, they had a chance. In Survivor Series 90, they brought us the grand finale match of survival. And out there in the multiverse, there has to be a planet, perhaps Earth finale, if you will, where the grand finale match had stakes that impact the World Wrestling Federation's direction towards the future. And Keith did mention the scorecard. You guys remember the WCW Survivor Series scorecard, Keith? I know we spoke about it off air. Mm-hmm. What a thing for a kid with ADD to help me stay organized. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, let's be honest. In my in my Hasbro universe of professional wrestling, I used to on my Apple II C I would print out uh little you know, match cards and things like that. I had little check boxes next to them to make sure I knew what who won the match between if it was my Galoob Barry Windham or my Hasbro Ric Flair, I knew that who was gonna win and what the time of the match was and what the what the results were. So Absolutely. You have to keep records of these. These are important. Records are important in professional wrestling, folks, whether you're on Earth 616, Earth 929 or Earth Grand Finale. It doesn't matter. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's it's sad, though. When you were talking about your Barry Windham action figures, I thought about Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura commentating a <laughs> Widowmaker match and Tony being like, Jesse, what do you think of the Widowmaker? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Schiavone. I, I, they call me the Widowmaker when I fuck Lois behind your back. Oh, that's what I th- that's what I think about the Widowmaker. But but yeah, records are important. Um, what is CM Punk like? Oh, and six or some shit like that. Yeah. Since his retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the grand finale match survival, it, it, it could have, should have, would have meant something. And the scorecard is sort of the basis for our discussion tonight. Now, here in the multiverse, we always have rules. And so let's briefly go over the rules. In the real world, column A was all the baby faces or whatever, and column B was all the heels. That way, the grand finale teams could only be made up of all baby faces slash all heels. But we're taking a little bit from my favorite uh, fan-friendly president of an interim nature of the World Wrestling Federation, Gorilla Monsoon, and we're having sort of a wild card set up. So rule number one, neither column A nor column B can be made up of purely heel teams or babyface teams, okay? You've got to scatter it, so maybe you go heel, baby, heel, baby, et cetera, et cetera, and that way no one team in the grand finale will be all faces or all heels. Rule number two, only the WWF roster at Showtime is legal. Rule number three, we have to have five Survivor Series matches and the grand finale, just as they did in the real world. Rule number four, this is where it gets tricky. No team can consist of more than two members of the original team from the real world. Example, if you want the Legion of Doom on a team, that's totally fine, but they can't be with the Warrior or the Texas Tornado, because that, of course, is the Warriors. Now, a special caveat, in the case of, because we're dealing with a limited roster, in the case of Demolition, you may use all three if they are not with Mr. Perfect. Rule number five, the grand finale can be whatever you want it to be, but it must involve the survivors from column A and column B. So I guess that takes us to Hartford, Connecticut, and the Hartford Civic Center. Keith, have you ever been in the Hartford Civic Center? I, I have not been in the Hartford. I've been in the mall that the Hartford Civic Center is attached to, but I've never been in the Hartford Civic Center. Wow. Do, like, heroin addicts live in the mall now? I mean, <laughs> I think- if there's it's a fight about being a heroin addict, but if you're a heroin addict that lives in a mall next to the Survivor Series 90, that is funny. So, <laughs> you know, now we're not going as deep as we did at Spooky Slam, but Keith, I got I made up a little treat for you and I hope you'll indulge me. Okay. So because on my earth oh, and we're going to present our, t- our show cards to one another, just as we did on Spooky Slam, uh, we'll go snake style and what have you. But, uh, you know, part of the presentation is the fun that we have. So I can't have Gorilla and Rowdy Piper. Now I know that Piper's all over this thing because I just reviewed this show on my personal podcast network, the new TNN and Piper is all over this shit, hating on Saddam Hussein and all sorts of stuff. All right. But my Piper is unavailable as a commentator. So it's Gorilla and Lord Alfred Hayes on the call here at Survivor Series. So on Earth Finale, it would sound a little bit like this. Welcome, everyone, to the Thanksgiving tradition. Welcome to Hartford. Welcome to one of the original 13 colonies where World Wrestling Federation teams will strive to survive. Welcome to the Survivor Series. Hello, everyone. Gorilla Monsoon, joined by my broadcast colleague, his lordship, Lord Alfred Hayes. Uh, Gorilla, I've never seen anything like this before in all of my 35 years on this earth. The grand finale match of survival looms over this entire event. Uh, but you know, Gorilla, there's something that looms over all of us here in the real world, and that is why, for the first time ever, the World Wrestling Federation is broadcasting the Survivor Series on the Armed Forces Network to all the men overseas in the colonial militia. Oh, don't forget about all our service women, Lord Al. <laughs> Gorilla, you trickster. I'm not falling for that, old chum, but I do hope that Premier Bush is taking a load off, and perhaps he and General Washington are able to watch while enjoying their cigars and brandy. And please, wrap this thing up quickly, because earlier today, I paid one whole American dollar for petrol. You could say I'm taking it through the nose. 
Oh, let's get down to the fink. So Roddy Piper tells Saddam Hussein that he's going to be taking it through the nose. And so, you know, Alfred had to be taking it through the nose. But I've I've been dominating the mic space, Keith. What do you think about Al's uh, views towards the colonial militia, as he called it? Well, it's very interesting. I know that a lot of people from across the pond still consider us to be the rebels. And it's uh, you remember what happened back in the day when we had just the uh, the unfortunate incidents going on over there with the colonies. Uh, it's very unfortunate. Yes. And yes. I, I desperately, before I die, want to meet a British person who calls it the colonies. Oh, <laughs> I want sure. to have a real conversation with them because I think it would be tremendous. Well, I think they still refer to all the uh, incidences in uh, Northern Ireland as, what do they call it, the Troubles or whatever it was? I mean, the, it was. Just, <laughs> that's also what you say when you're like watching Seventh Heaven. You're like, oh, man, I always thought that Jessica Beale was so cool, uh, but her, her dad had the Troubles. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, the Troubles. Or when you're watching Star Trek, the motion picture, I should mm-hmm. say. And you're like, V'ger, he's got the troubles. Don't take him with you. A spoiler alert for Star Trek, the motion picture, by the spoiler way. Spoiler alert. So the grand finale concept, I was all on board for it in the real world. You know, the, the tournament bracketing, I was pretty young, but my grandpa had us do an NCAA brackets at the time. So it really felt like a real sport. Mm. Um, I'm curious. Would you like to give us some insight into the concept behind your grand finale, or would you like to wait until the match itself? It's uh, your no, point. I can. Well, so I can give you that. I think it's. I think it's definitely. Uh, it's something that can be mentioned in 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 good je- in good fun. So the the concept behind my grand finale match was that the winners of the grand finale um, are able to have numbers twenty five to thirty in the nineteen ninety one Royal Rumble where the winner of the Royal Rumble match that year is given a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship in the main event at WrestleMania 7. Beautiful. I love it because it establishes a precedent that the Survivor Series can mean this going forward. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. I, on the other hand, and I love the, the differences here, I concoct a scenario that was concordant or con- Fuck, I'm trying to use a smart word that mattered only to this particular Survivor Series show. My grand finale match of survival focuses around two very different teams, Team Warrior and Team Savage. Mm. So in this earth, it's around October in 1990, and Sensational Queen Cherry has been trying to tempt the Ultimate Warrior into signing a contract to do battle with the Macho King Randy Savage for WWF title. Warrior has been refusing. So this is where the Earth timeline bends. There's a Macho King Randy Savage interview where he's just talking, and he's looking to the audience, and right near the, the, the security room, he says a kidster. Whoa, we got an ultimate warrior. For you. Well, hey, kid, why don't you come up here and tell me why the ultimate warrior won't do battle with the Macho King? And sure enough, this kid's like me, and yeah, he's got all the warrior swag on. He's got his face painted. He looks like a little nerd. Uh, he tells us his name is Chip, all right? Chippy here is a big Ultimate Warrior fan, and Sensational Queen Sherry is kind of hovering over him, and now Savage is getting a little close to him. And now, Keith, you remember the jobbers that would carry Savage to the ring? Mm-hmm. So now they're all kind of getting close to this kid as well. And this kid's mom is like, okay, Chip, come back, but she can't get past security because, well, you can't just enter into the show. 
And so it's not really the date this kid's in danger, but Savage is willing to make it seem like the kid might be in danger to elicit hmm. a response. Hmm. Out comes the warrior. Warrior can't get to the kid, you know, in a safe way. Savage tells him that Chip can go back to his mommy if you sign this contract for the Survivor Series and, a, and mm. for the championship. The Warrior agrees, but President Jack Tunney comes out and puts a stop to this and says we can have a formal contract signing next week. The kid goes back to his mom, and Savage looks happy, but also like he didn't quite get the job done. The next week, there's a contract signing. Uh, Jack Tunney has prepared all the documents. Both parties are present at a table in the ring. The warrior is about to sign, but he kind of looks to the crowd as they cheer, and he sees little Chip sitting at ringside. And Chip has all sorts. Now he's Chip's at ringside now, mind you, and his mom's there, and they all have macho. They now have Macho King Randy Savage gear, it, it, complete with a crown, a little mm. scepter, and, mm. and all the T-shirts and the glasses. The warrior goes out to investigate and kind of looks disappointed. Clearly, this kid was a plant. Last week, Chip wasn't in any danger because Chip was a plant. When the warrior goes outside, Jack Tunney tells him to get back in the ring. Savage grabs the contract, gives it to Sherry. Sherry puts it in her giant purse and get, brings out another contract. And Savage places it and kind of does the whistle like, nobody's looking. Warrior comes back in pissed, signs the contract. Savage grabs it and signs it and leaves and then gives an interview backstage. The title is on the line in the Survivor Series match, and as long as my team survives, I'm the champion. Oh, my God, can you believe it? The wow. Warriors the Warriors enraged. Tunney intervenes. The contract is written in a legally binding nature. However, I shall not allow the Macho King to select his team. Therefore, the Ultimate Warrior and Macho King will each lead one of the teams in a previously announced grand finale match of survival. Wow. The only way to ensure fairness is to randomly assign tag team partners. If the Macho King is not victorious, he will be barred from any future matches of a championship nature due uh. to this cutting ruse. And any survivors on either team, as a reward for their accomplishments, will be granted WWF championship matches on future programming. So there you go. Wow. So, the, so the finale randomly makes up basically wild card teams that feed into Warrior or to Savage, and then the Survivor Series grand finale is for the title. Yeah. Holy I'm, shit! I'm I'm sorry. That's a lot of storyline shit. Like I'm that not trying amazing, to. No, but that's amazing. That's a that. Wow, you really, really you don't you don't think the chip shit's lame? I mean, I had to wreck my brain for a little chip. Right? Oh, no, I think that that makes sense. I think that you had. I mean, because think of it. At the time, the warrior was all about his little warriors and shit like that. And I could see something happening and and, and shenanigans afoot and. You know, Sherry was always devious and every. I mean, the only thing you're missing there is the is the devious one, Mr. Fuji. But you know, no, other than that, I think that's that's glorious. That's glorious, Johnny. Don't don't ever don't ever put yourself down for putting in little Chip. Chip is Chip is a hero. Well, well, I'll tell you what, though. Chip is also the breadcrumbs to a story of the warrior doubting his warriors. Hmm. So. The Fink is ready. Lord Al's embarrassed himself. Keith, the floor is yours. Let's let's open this contest. And the best part about this is that, uh, you know, each match has come as you are. So it, it could be anything. Like, there's no rules about that. So hit me up with match number one. Well, match number one in my universe here is uh, a team. We'll start with the baby. Well, not baby face team, but the team is called We Hold the Gold. Now, is this column A's team to keep it straight for our listeners? Uh, Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, I suppose it's irrelevant. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to mess up your flow. <laughs> I just well, wanted to make... You, 
Hmm. Because you have the rule number one is that column A or column B cannot be made up of teams of the same uh, alignment slash heel face. So, yeah, this is column A. Okay. Okay. Cool. Column A. We hold the gold. It's the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion, the Ultimate Warrior, who is the champion. Uh, He is the captain of this team. He is teaming with the current Intercontinental Champion, Mr. Perfect, and the current Tag Team Champions, the Hart Foundation, Jim Neidhart, and Bret the Hitman Hart. And their opponents in column B is the Royal Court, and that is the Macho King Randy Savage, the Texas Tornado Kerry Von Erich, and the Road Warriors, consisting of Hawk and Animal, who in this world, in this universe, are heels after SummerSlam, well, when they came in, basically, in SummerSlam 90, they're heels. Because they came in after the war, after the Hart Foundation won the tag titles, and they challenged the Hart Foundation. And when the Hart Foundation was like, "Well, you really haven't been around here, so I don't know, you need to get to the back of the line," they decided to beat the shit out of the out of the Hart Foundation. I love it. Now, did you did you say tornado on both teams? No, no, no. Mister Perfect is the Intercontinental Champion in this world. Oh, that's right. He never lost the title at. at the Texas Tornado was not going to defeat Mr. Perfect in this universe at SummerSlam 90. He comes out at SummerSlam 90 because, of course, in this universe, Bruce Beefcake still gets the knees to the face and his of head course. Is shattered. So you've got heels and faces together, then. You've got Warrior and Perfect on the same team. That was the that was the. Oh, now I feel awful. I like it, though, because all I meant was that, like, uh. All baby faces couldn't be in column A, so like if you put Hogan, Steve in column A, it, that means column A has to at least have a uh, oh. bad guy team as well. But no, no, no. Oh. But that's the thing. But I like this. I like this. This gives because this gives us a wild card. Because I love the wild card match. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. Yeah. So this is good. I like this tremendously. Okay. I got yeah. I wild carded. Well, I didn't wild card. The opponents make sense. Sure. Yeah, they I, certainly do. Because I actually have one true wild card match. Well, and I love the idea of of Jack Tunney being like a team of all champions. Like that makes sense. I wanted to do. I thought about doing the same thing: Warrior, Tornado, and uh, and mm-hmm. Road Warriors, or not Road, and, and the Heart Foundation. Like I like that as a team. Like I think it makes sense. Like that's what the Survivor Series can be. Like a team of all the champions versus a team of all their number one contenders or a team of a blind guy and a model. It's fine. <laughs> I got <in> a model. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I interrupted you. I apologize. Good, sir. No, no, that's okay. And then, um, so I know we didn't go through, I, we didn't go through like the whole, um, like who's like what elimination numbers and everything were you just, yeah, I just I think- said, I, I, I only did that for the grand finale. Um, so for this one, in this case here, the, the sole survivor of this contest is the Macho Man Randy Savage, or the Macho King Randy Savage, I mean. Oh, thank you so much for not making it the Warrior. Oh, God, no. Oh, I know, right? No, the I Warrior the sucks warrior. balls. Yeah. Um, yeah, Macho King rules over Warrior any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm like you. I only did the actual eliminations for the Grand Valley because we'd be. I mean, I'd want to be here all night, but you know, my kids at some day, sometimes they got to eat and I got to cook for them. So you know how it is. Well, I like that a lot, yeah. and uh, I also like the idea of turning Road Warriors heel because they look like heels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, were they heels in? Yeah, because they are they the ones that stabbed Dusty. Yes, and they're I, heels. They're heels up until. Actually, I think when they first come into the NWA, I think they're faces 
because there's that whole War Games thing where they're teaming with Dusty and Nick and Nikita Koloff. But then I think they yes. turn heels. But they might have turned faces again because I know that they I know that their big thing was against the Powers of Pain and um I think the Powers of Pain were when they were in NWA were still heels. And then I know that like when I think when they left they lost the titles to the Midnights, the Midnight Express, and then the Midnight Express became babyfaces because, like, the top babyface team left. So I think it was – but there was – they were the ones that – yeah, they were the – that's why Dusty got fired. Cause yeah, because of the put, blood. You know, they stuck the thing in his face. I'm going to make a statement that's going to revoke my Internet Wrestling membership card. Did you know that I didn't know that Dusty and Nikita were a team until I watched an episode of – TNA Impact or NWA TNA weekly pay-per-views where Nikita Koloff returned to attack Dusty Rhodes. Um, I sure. I mean, that's okay. I know, but it's kind of embarrassing because that shit is like so legendary. But it's hard for me to go back and watch because it's not as sharply produced. Well, I, grew, <laughs> I mean, I mean that, and I grew up well because I grew up on Vince and the sharpness yeah. of the WWF presentation. No, NWA was definitely not as. Uh, as produced as well as WWF, and that was always something that everybody says. Every other company out there didn't produce as well as WWF, and that's why they said Vince really won, because Vince knew how to produce a show. Um, yeah, but the Nikita-Dusty the the Nikita Dusty combination c- came up because of Magnum TA. When Magnum TA got hurt, because uh, okay. he, he and Dusty were like the team, and when they got hurt, when he got hurt, it was like they needed somebody to replace him, and I think it was in the Crockett Cup, and that's when Nikita turned because he he respected Magnum TA, and that was why he turned face. And they were the they were called the Superpowers, and uh, it's really funny because in my Hasbro universe, I had a team of the Superpowers, and it was originally it was Dusty and Barry Windham, and then Dusty got hurt. <laughs> I had Dusty get hurt, and. And the replacement for Dusty was Arn Anderson. So I, my tag team forever was Arn Anderson and Barry Windham, and they were they were like the they were the best tag team of all time. So yeah. So do you do you think there's a planet on the multiverse out there where Dusty Rhodes cuts a promo with uh, Nikita Koloff and he's like, "So Nikita, what I need from you right now is a hug and a kiss, just to stay with my tag team partner, baby." Oh God, like he I does hope. with Dustin Rhodes. God, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I also hope that there's a there's there's a universe out there where he cuts the hard times promo on Hulk Hogan. Oh, wow. Yeah, because Hogan's a big, beautiful surfer dude who's got lots of money. <laughs> and I got hard times. You got you take hard times on Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> well, speaking of the dream, mm. over here, our opening contest is the million-dollar team taking on the dream team. See, this is why I like the divergence here. I've I've got a lot that mirrors, but with different guys, as opposed to new lethal deadly combinations like you've got. So this is great. The Million Dollar Team, all right, is made up of Captain Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, Bodyguard Virgil, Haku, and the Barbarian. So the powers of pain, or not God, the faces of fear. There's enough. My internet wrestling cards also take it, but the faces of fear. Because as I was watching Survivor Series 90, I was like, shit, it's the faces of fear. And then mm-hmm. Haku gets eliminated in like 10 seconds. I'm like, well, there they go. Now, the Dream Team, Team Captain Dusty Rhodes and his rival from the Enforcers. Now, on the side of the law, the big boss man, and this is such a perfect tag team to put with Dusty, 
Mm-hmm. The bushwhackers. Yes, it is, baby. Ooh, baby, the bushwhackers, baby, are coming at you. They're licking everybody. They're licking me with my poking down the baby. I'm serving you hard times at the road. I'm spitting my nightstick and saying things, frankly, they're racist. I mean, he, he had the uniform on. He did. Uh, so the character, though, I don't know about Ray Trailer the man, although he was a badass SWAT team member when he came back. So, mm-hmm. uh, But, yeah, it's the Dream Team and the Million Dollar Team uh, with – Dusty's team, in my opinion, with the exception of the Boston, being an all-time job team, but that makes sense. Um, I thought about putting Dustin in, but I was like, no, because Virgil's in already on the other side. That might make it seem weird. But Ted and Virgil are my sole survivors. Now, here's the kicker. Ted and Virgil, you'll notice, was the first team I mentioned, and that's the Ultimate Warriors column. So the grand finale has the Ultimate Warrior, Captainina team with DiBiase and Virgil so far. Mm. So as you can see, I'm building to a wild card scenario. Hmm. So I don't know if you've got any any thoughts on these lethal combinations. If not, we can move on to the next one. I that, won't play no, that that's uh, you're you're really you're really scratching this itch here with the uh, Survivor Series matchup. I love it. The final, the grand finale Survivor Series match. Yeah, I just. I, I, my biggest concern is that it's a, and I'm not saying this because it's me coming up with it. Please, I'm I'm worried it's a little ahead of its time in a sense that you're just just mixing heels and baby faces is quote unquote ahead of it this time. Mm-hmm. It's not like some great revelation, you know, no. or anything like that. So, uh, but I, I'm glad that it's at least entertaining because that's what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. Now, you want to snake this or you want to go next? Your choice. Um. Yeah, no, we can. Yeah, well, Snake would be that was your match one. This is so this would be match number two. Yeah, let's let's go to let's go. Oh no, let's do a Snake it. Yeah, you Snake it. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to think back to my fantasy drafting days. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. We you know we've only done one show together, but I found it very successful and entertaining. So mirroring that is never a bad idea. (laughs) Now, again, and we're starting out with a big another downer here because the heels won match one. Uh, The Warriors column, the Vipers. Now, in this reality, the Vipers are consisted of Captain Jake the Snake Roberts, Lieutenant Superfly James Snooker. How come they never called him lieutenants? That would have worked. I think I said James Snooker and the Legion of Doom. So so that works. Yeah. Uh, And then they're taking on the Visionaries, which might be my favorite all-time team in the real world. And, not well, they're really close in this fictional world. Captain Model Rick Martell and Demolition. Mm-hmm. All of them. Because they wear masks, they won't take the attention away from me. Oh, Demolition, will you please wear your mask? Why spray my arrogance? See, look at me, I am the model, and these are my gimps. <laughs> gimps. I love it. Mr. Fuji, gimp. Mr. Fuji is a loser. I'm sorry, Mr. Fuji, it's not you, it's the guy who lives next door to me, Mr. Fuji. He's the loser. That's a different Mr. Fuji, that's a loser. It's all, all right. Mr. Fuji's. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's Master Fuji, not Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji's the neighbor. <laughs> so I have been trying to find – so Mr. Fuji ran in the WrestleMania 4K wearing the, the suit, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't there footage somewhere of him, like, cheating? Yes. I think Is it four or five? I think it's five. It's, it's, yeah, it's – Five. And no, I it's, he, it's I, four because Strikeforce is there. Maybe – okay, it's – it's one of them, but it's yeah. not on the network. No, it's five because Strike Force breaks up. You're right. Yeah, but I think it's um yeah because I actually just watched like a review of five the other day and they said 
I swear he gets into a rickshaw. I mean, I know that's he, so no. He, it's I think so he does. racist. And I'm sorry, but no, it, no, it's not you. It's not you. It's them. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, no, it's totally them. I I just love I love Mr. Fuji. Like Mr. Fuji's character stuff rules. Like his comedy. Like uh, the, now uh, it's not appropriate to do the rickshaw shit. But like Fuji Vice, for example. Yeah. Like it's just I don't know. Like. Because Fuji was down to do whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, the Soul Survivors are the model Rick Martel, and because I have a soft spot for him, Crush. Now, they are surviving. The Visionaries do not make history in this universe. It's just uh, the Royal Court in 94 that will make history as the first team to survive. Um, mm. So, Model and Crush are with the Macho King in the grand finale. Mm. Okay. I'm on board with that. All right. And, All of right. course, Jake still a looser in this reality. Um, you know, it, that gimmick was too creepy to be cool. Like the the contact lens, am I crazy? No. Is he still blind? He's got one lens in at the okay. actual Survivor Series 90, and it doesn't okay. really come into play, but it kind of does. Okay, good. So, I don't know. All right, so now my match number two, and this one is not a, a true wild, this isn't a wild card team. This is just, Faces versus heels here. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah. But it's the Hulkamaniacs. So it's it's Hulk Hogan, Roddy Roddy Piper, Jake the Snake Roberts, and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Wow. Yeah. I know. Talk about a fucking powerhouse team. Dude, I mean, that is a team. team. That's wow. A team. That's a main event team, and they're not even the main event. Can, can like, we just pause for one second and just – Hogan and this series had boss man. Okay. Yep. Typhoon and Hacksaw. You yep. have you've like you've turned his uh penny stock into like Disney stock. This is this is almost as that's almost as good of a team as the eighty nine Survivor series. Yeah. You got that, Hogan, you got Roberts, and then you had Demolition as tag champs. I mean, you know. But yeah, I'm with no, you. This is no, this is Hogan's this is Hogan's heroes right here. It's Hogan, Piper, Jake Roberts, and the Dust and Dusty Rhodes. They're facing off against the million dollar team. And now it's interesting because Teddy Biasi is the captain because he has to be the captain of the million dollar team. Absolutely. But he's obviously he's not the rival to Hogan in this case. His rival is still Dusty Rhodes. And with that, he has Rick Martel, whose rival is Jake Roberts, Earthquake, whose rival is Hulk Hogan, and he still has the mystery partner who comes out as to be the Undertaker. Very nice. I was wondering if you would keep them. You kind of have to. I mean, that's a legend. Yes. And in this case here, the there are two survivors because, of course, neither one of them is going to not want to go over. And it's Hogan and Piper. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. So yeah, it takes that has your grand finale at Hogan and Piper on one side. And who are they going up against so far? Savage. Okay, that's right. Oh, so the, the baby faces with a little advantage here. I like that. So far. Um, you're also, though, your million-dollar team is a legendary composition, and there's a little brand synergy with me here in a little bit uh, yeah. when, it, when it comes to Ted and the model. I mean, they're both in my grand finale, but they have a spot together. So I like that. I think that's a great combo. You know? Uh, I think so, too. You know, I, I was going to, uh, since I live in Cocoa Beach, Florida, and you're at your winter residence in Palm Beach, Florida, would you like to hang out for a minute? Well, I always felt that Ted DiBiase would get along with Rick Martel. Much like how Ted DiBiase got along with Ric Flair, I think Rick Martel would get along very well with him. I mean, 
you know, DiBiase's hanging out with people that are rich, the lifestyles of the rich and famous. Obviously, Rick Martel, a, one of the biggest models in the history of male modeling. He's right up there with uh, Zoolander, Derek Zoolander. So he would be, you know, moving and shaking with those those types of people. Sure. Do you and think if, that's Do you think that's something that's missing from the modern product, like the idea that they are their characters twenty four seven? Like Kevin Owens is always Kevin Owens, even when he's getting a car wash. You know, yeah. like because the idea that the model and um, Ted would be like. Friends, because they're always Ted and always the model, because there was kayfabe. I think so. I think the yes, I think so. Um, I and I don't think that even with the disappearance of kayfabe, like in the late '90s, did that totally go away? Because I think what you ended up having is a lot of the guys, a lot of the professional wrestlers, ended up just being themselves, just with the dial up to eleven, as Steve Austin would say, and so. You could see Stone Cold Steve Austin being the type of guy off the clock who he would drink beer and just drive around with his truck and his gun rack. The Rock is always going to be – Dwayne Johnson's always going to be The Rock. He's always going to wear the silk shirts and wear the sunglasses and be just that kind of suave guy. Um, Shawn Michaels is always going to be a dick. Like, he's just – he's just always yeah. – well, But I think that in today's product, yes, I think it's missing. I think it would be awesome if we could go back to – um, just, just the believable, you know, characters. I mean, like you said, Kevin Owens is Kevin Owens when he's getting his car washed. Like he's just, he's always that guy, you know, Seth Rollins is always trying to scheme his way to the top or something like that. I think it would be, it would be fun. And I think when they had the network and I guess they could still do this on Peacock, but they missed out on those opportunities when they had those, um, when they had the shows about them riding in the cars because, yeah. I think it would be great. I would love that's the kind of shit that you like to see. And that's stuff that's like it's entertainment. It's not necessarily wrestling. It's entertainment, which is what Vince was all about. Have shows where it's like it's it's kind of like a better version of Total Divas or whatever, where it's just like it's them outside of the world doing what they do. And it's fun. It's entertaining. It's in, it's enjoyable comedy or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like if like if the Seth freaking Rollins character was like like had to hitch a ride to the next show with I don't know another heel on the raw roster. I'm yeah. just picking Austin Theory and Austin mm-hmm. Theory's like driving, taking selfies, and Seth freaking Rollins is like singing every song with the <laughs> lyrics. Like, it, it, but and it doesn't really like have to do anything. It's just you get them being their characters. Yeah, you know, like the models model vignette, like when he drives away in the car, like talking to the girl, like that's supposed to be like a slice of life of the model. Like, sure. Give me a slice of life of Seth freaking Rollins, like yeah. trying to buy groceries with right. his outfit on. It's like when Perfect did all the vignettes of him yes. you know, shooting the basket, hitting the home run. It's like, give us a vignette. Give us something that shows that the guy, it, what he does, you know, like how awesome would it see? How awesome would it be to see like Braun Strowman at like a, a little railroad? Like, you know, he's, he's driving like a kid's train at like a at an amusement park or something. <laughs> Like trying to fit on it, it's tipping over. Like, damn it, I gotta go back to the WWE. <laughs> it's a weird exactly. Braun Strowman voice. <laughs> well, let's see here. Um, that was a nice tangent, though, because I felt like it was very multiversitudital. If that's a fucking verb or a, that's a word, at, look at the adjective multiversitudital. Um, <laughs> the adjective. So over here we've got Lord Alfred he- Hayes's Lord Alfred Hayes's favorite team. Ah, team USA, gorilla. I'm, I've, I've been a U.S. citizen for many years, Gorilla. It's also 
like you, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper has to get it on the action. Of course, he'd be leading Team USA because he hates Saddam Hussein. Now, he's got maybe the worst team in the history of our sport, and that's okay. Uh, <laughs> he's teaming up with the home man, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I, I hear, pray tell, he's a powerful new force. Mm. Up third, the Birdman, Coco oh. Bear. And last but not least, batting cleat up the winner of the prestigious Freedom Award from the Boy Scouts of America, Nikolai Volkov. Oh, 300 pound Lithuanian. Great. Or whatever Bobby says at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> now they are taking on, still named in this reality, the Mercenaries. And I would love to see all these guys in fucking military face paint. Uh, that's, of course, Captain Sergeant Slaughter cutting the promo in the IOA. Uh, the Honky Tonk Man and Boxcar Rhythm and Blues. <laughs> and I went ahead and used Bad News Brown, and um, he's just not happy to be there at no, all. Of course not, especially if you're forcing him to be in face paint. I know. Uh, <laughs> but the thing I hate about this is that while the Mercenaries was a dumb team, you know, then they, they get jobbed to the Bushwhackers and Tito, which I actually kind of love. Here's the thing. Slaughter's the Iraqi sympathizer. Boris Zukov is still loyal to the, I think it's still the Soviet Union at the time. Mm-hmm. No, it's Christmas Day on 89 or, it, no, it's still the Soviet Union. And then the, uh, the Orient Express, I mean, yes, it's just a stereotype. We don't really know their characters, but they have Japanese flags. And there's nothing wrong with Japan. I'm just saying it's not America. That's all no. I'm saying is it's not America. So the mercenaries team makes sense here. It's mm-hmm. just fucking makes no sense, but that's okay. Uh, I love your Mercenaries team, though. I think this Mercenaries team is far better than the one that they gave us in real life. Uh, I love Bad News Brown, you know? I I love Bad News Brown. And the more I watch wrestling from back in the day, and the more I see, like, shoot interviews he did later on in life, he's just, he's one of the best. And it's a shame that he never got more than his, he should have got his due. The Ghetto Blaster is an amazing move. Like, Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool what he does it. Yeah. I will admit to that. Yeah. Um, see, even here, like with the mercenaries, you could have fun vignettes of Rhythm and Blues trying to sing and Slaughter getting agitated that they're not, like, working out. And be like, oh, we are working out, baby, working out a vocal cords. Oh, honka, honka, honka. Oh, my. Oh, Priscilla. Oh, give me a handkerchief. Oh, I do love the Survivor Series 90. I've never heard Gorilla, or I don't remember Gorilla calling the hammer boxcar. Is, is this a thing? Oh, look at my hair on boxcar! I don't. I never understood the boxcar thing. I know, I know he was he he looked like Roy Orbison, and I know people would compare him to that. I don't know what the boxcar thing is, and maybe that's just something I just don't know. But I, is, I, is it because he looks like a tramp that would live in a boxcar, then like with a satchel on his back? I, I guess. I don't know. Fans, write us. Hit us up on something. I, I guess. I, I don't know why. Like. I, Oh, he looks like a boxcar. I don't, I don't understand. Oh, put some ice in that boxcar. He's finished. Um, I think he loses to a clothesline from Dureno. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Piper survives because he's not going to knock go over. So, no. Warrior, Virgil, DiBiase, Piper. Well, that's an interesting wow. triangle. DiBiase, Virgil, Piper. Mm-hmm. How do you spell team? Let's hear from your batch number three. So match number three for me, it's it's weird. It's kind of has it has a lot of the same people in it. So this <laughs> nice. must have been this must this is our this is our I guess our piss match maybe I don't know. But uh, <laughs> it feels like it. Yeah. 
So I have it's uh, this is another one where it's kind of like a wild card team a little bit, you know. So we have heels and faces. So column A would be the Rough Riders, and this is uh, Captain Sergeant Slaughter, uh, the the Birdman Coco Beware, and the Rocker Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Ooh, and, I I like that. Yeah, I love the idea of Sarge being pissed at the Rockers for not <laughs> falling yep. in line. And, Cut your hair. And and they're going up against the faces of fear. Now I have a I have a the reason why the team name I'll just say the team is the team is captained by Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the Warlord, Haku, and the Barbarian. And the reason why I have this is because I have a I have a passion in life that I wish I could make true, and that was a an extended run in the World Wrestling Federation of the Powers of Pain. But then they collected Haku and they became the faces of fear or perhaps the powers of fear or the faces of pain or whatever you want to call them. And it was just this trio of men of just purebred ass kicking motherfuckers, you know, and they just would go around and it didn't matter what who they weren't heels. They weren't faces. They were just kick-ass motherfuckers. And it was just bamps. They were all bamps, badass motherfuckers. And just, it didn't matter who they were coming up against. They got, those people got the shit kicked out of them. And they never won the tag belts because they didn't have to. And that's just like how Andre never won a world championship because Andre never had to. Right. Who do you, and this is based solely on, your gut instinct, picturing them in your head, not about work rate, not about character, anything like that. Who won the divorce in the powers of pain? Warlord in his body armor or Barbarian in his cape and antlers? Oh, the Barbarian did, because later on he ended up hooking up with Haku. Yeah, but no, well, I, but I feel like Warlord won because the armor is badass. The armor is badass, but the but see, I don't see. I don't know if there was really a divorce. I feel like they just had like an amicable separation because later on in life, the two of them get back together and now they travel the circuit doing card shows and what have you and autograph signings. And they're still like the best of friends. Like you, it's cool. It's the coolest thing ever actually is that I feel like the warlord and the barbarian, it's the same thing as like Axe and smash. Like they get along so well after the fact, it's, like, so cool. Like, you never hear Shawn Michaels talking any shit about Marty Jannetty. He doesn't give a shit if Marty Jannetty's breathing anymore. And I think Brett just used to – I think the only reason Brett still talked to Jim Neidart was because he was his brother-in-law, but he would never talk fondly about the man. So, I mean, some tag teams, when they split, you can tell that it was a good thing that they split. But I just think that guys like guys like the Warlord and the Barbarian and Haku and the Barbarian, they all friggin' love each other. I feel like I would have – popped hard if yes they all love each other that's a great triangle to picture i love the idea of warlord and barbarian teaming up like in an emergency match to avenge yeah. someone like as armor warlord and mm-hmm. horns barbarian like yeah. out of yeah. necessity there was i think there was a, i think there was a house show that that i was reading in like early 91 or late 90 after they had changed their gimmicks and you know they were wearing the armor and the uh cape that I think they did team, but it was against like, um, like Brett and Duggan. So it was like, it happened to be like the two guys that they were feuding with at the time. Sure. And it was like, and they, and, and I don't think any reference was made to the fact that the powers of pain were getting back together. It was like, Oh, the warlord's going to team up with another hard hitter, the barbarian. And it was just like, how can you not? Brad, you think these two will work well together? I don't know. I can't hear you. 
<laughs> I can't hear you. So in this matchup, the sole survivors, well, not sole survivors, the survivors of this matchup obviously are Haku and the Barbarian. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So now if we go down to my fun, my grand finale matchup, we have Hogan and Piper against Macho Man, Haku, and the Barbarian. Well, we're... It's, see, uh, Savage in the Faces is is three fourths, and of course there might be more here of a of a legendary Survivor Series team. Oh yeah. So I, I'm oh, liking gets, that. Oh, it gets it bit. gets it gets wackier as we go along. <laughs> hey, I could do wacky. That that's that's ninety nine percent of my show's brand identity is the wacky. All right, the wacky tobacky. <laughs> so now Speaking we have match number four for you. Yeah, I was gonna say. Speaking of which, I can't know. I don't know whose turn it is. Um, so. Match number four, in the same position, because Hogan's never the last match in the actual Survivor Series. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Well, except for the Mega Powers year. So it's the alliance to end Hulkamania. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> it's it's captained by uh, Kevin Sullivan. Oh, wait, no. It's captained by... Oh, it's not hot. <laughs> it's captained by the Earthquake, and Earthquake's lieutenant is uh, the Marlboro Man, Dino Bravo. The earthquake. And, you got the earthquake. Yes, the earthquake. Uh, Dino Bravo and the Orient Express oh, and their God. badass theme music. <laughs> oh boy. Hey, you. Speaking of Express theme music, did you know that I didn't know that the Midnight Express theme song was actually from a movie called The Midnight Express that was composed by Giorgio Moroder until like a year ago? Wow. I I just found that out just just right now. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> My bad. Well, Maroder no, that's legend. great. Maroder did like a Scarface and mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff. He also did Superman three, and his unused full Nintendo version of the Superman three theme song is awesome. YouTube it. Where are we? What are we doing? Okay, uh, taking on the Hulk Maniacs. Would it be hilarious if they were taking on like the fucking Texas Tornadoes team or something? The Alliance <laughs> and Hulkamania. Now, I'm. I'm not trying to get on a horse. I like this team quite a bit. Uh, it's captained by Hulk Hogan, lieutenanted by my buddy from the days of the cartoon, dude, Teets Santana. Teets, get out here. Tito Santana, dude. Come on, Teets. Get out here. Teets. And they are, whoa, a couple of couple of dudes who've been introducing me to some new dudes. I thought I'd heard everything. Rockers, get on out here, dudes. So you got Hogan, Tito, and the Rockers. Oh, boy. In this reality, the survivors, Hulk Hogan, Tito Santana, and Shawn Michaels, only Marty loses. Mm. And so now, Team Savage, Macho King, Model, Rick Martel, Crush, Tito Santana, Shawn Michaels, and Hulk Hogan. Wow. Six men against what's currently four, Warrior Ted, Virgil, and Piper. Jesus. This is a matchup of grand proportions going on right here. Well, it's the finale, after mm-hmm. all. It is a finale. I love it. <laughs> They're showing me some new music, dude. Well, yeah, dude. I'll tell you what. I thought I heard everything. Take teats. Give, give me that burrito, dude. You know, I used to, you know, they wanted me to be the bassist in Metallica. Don't you know that, brother? I mean, I, I didn't want to call it the Black Album, dude. I thought it called the Rattlesnake Album, dude. But they called it the Black Album. It just didn't work out. I, I stick to wrestling. <laughs> Was he really, or is that just uh, uh, something you learned when talking turkey with Hulk Hogan? Hogan's Hulk, It's one of Hogan's claims. It's also like he claims Elvis was he was Elvis's favorite wrestler, 
And it's like Elvis died like five years before he became Hulkamy. Like he actually he died like three years before Hogan even made his debut. It was like, okay. He's like, I was uh, I you know, I was Elvis's uh favorite wrestler, brother. Uh, you know, that's bullshit because Elvis's favorite comic book character was Captain Marvel Jr., so mm. there's no way that it would have been anything that had to do with the Hulk. Captain Marvel Jr. So I don't want to hear that shit. I know. No, Hogan Hogan's Hogan's lies are just epic, epic proportion. So. I just recently watched uh, an episode of Impact Wrestling where he walks Brooke Teeny down the aisle to marry Bully Ray. Can you believe those words exist in a sentence that tells a reality-based statement? <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and Bull- boy. Bully Ray's like, oh, Brooke, I freaking love you. It's a really shitty Bully Ray impression. It's not going to work for me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Was that Bully Ray or Hulk? That could have been both. You never know. Because I, I thought it was Bully, and I was like, that's the best Bully Ray impression I've ever had. It's not going to work for me, brother. Oh, all right, match number four, my good sir. Match number four for me. This is another wacky wild card match, and this is Pain and Gain is the team. It's the team of Demolition member Axe, who is, never turned heel, so Demolition never turned heel, so he's a babyface here. Um, he is captaining a team with Rhythm and Blues member Greg the Hammer Valentine, Bushwhacker Luke, and the Orient Express member Tanaka. Tanaka! And they are facing off against the Southeast Connection, uh, Rhythm <laughs> and Blues member the Honky Tonk Man, who is captaining this, uh, Demolition member Smash, Bushwhacker Butch, and the Orient Express member Kato. Yes, Kato from I know the Kato, is a, Kato is a favorite of yours. Dude, you know what? I love this, though, because this harkens back to the tag team matches of Yonder Day. Yeah. You know, the big ones with Los mm-hmm. Conquistadores and the Powers of Pain, pain Breakup. Mm-hmm. Man, what it was as a kid, like, my first pay-per-view was Survivor Series 89. And then, mm-hmm. like, being able to rent 88 and seeing that the Powers of Pain used to be good guys. And then they sure. broke up. And now I feel like I know the whole story. Yeah. Um, I love this, man. This is great. So uh, now... How- Oh, Southeast because of Memphis and Asia? And Australia. And, oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. And I forgot. Wherever the hell demolition, we'll say demolition hails from Jersey, which Jersey. is on the eastern side of the yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah. So east, 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 south, south. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. And then uh, the survivors of this match are Rhythm and Blues member Honky Tonk Man and the Orient Express member Kato. Whoa, Kato and Captain Marvel Jr. on the yep. same team, and they yep. win. Yep. So who who are they with in the finale? They're on the they're on Macho King Randy Savage's team of Haku, Barbarian, the Honky Tonk Man, and Kato. Okay, do you remember when I said it was close to legendary? Congratulations, you've gotten there. Because <laughs> I love the idea of the Honky Tonk Man. Like Savage is crazy, so it doesn't matter. All the other guys are um, <laughs> savage in nature. Yeah, it's not my fault. It's a WWE playing them. And Hockey Talk Man's like gyrating and like, oh man, what the hell's going on? What I get myself into? Who are these crazy yes. bastards? Oh, he's he's scared as shit in this match. And I will say that um, I threw Kato in there just as kind of a as a nod to you because I know you love Kato. Well, and you know, uh, and I, I, first of all, I appreciate that, but you got to have some folks that take, get taken out in the grand finale. Oh, yeah. You can't just all be the big guys. No, it can't be just, it can't be everybody. Yeah. yeah. The fun and the mystery is finding out who could it be now. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. So, um, it's God, I love the synergy because you just did your tag team match. My final regular scheduled match it doesn't harken back to that so much, but it's a it's a tag team based concept because mm-hmm. the first team is the excellence. Co-captain by World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions, the Heart Foundation. It's the inverse of a traditional team, whereas the tag team is the champion and the captains, and they have two bigger or mid-card guys with them. Okay. So Heart Foundation is the captains. Uh, they are followed by uh, Intercontinental Champion Texas Tornado. Ah. And uh, Typhoon. <laughs> or Tugboat. I wrote Typhoon, but I meant Tugboat. Tugboat. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm so sorry uh, for all you fans out there, because the team's called the Excellence, but yet they have tugboat. Hey, don't knock them. <laughs> and uh, their opponents could be an all-time team. Again, I didn't even think about that until I looked at it. They are called the Accolades. Oh. Team captains, number one contenders for the tag team titles, Power and Glory. Mm-hmm. With lieutenants, Mr. Perfect, and a mystery partner. Kane the Undertaker. Ah. And uh, I figured it would just be a scenario where Undertaker is, ma- is maybe fighting Tugboat. Like, like obviously, it's the same thing. Like, yeah. I, and I'm sure in your world, you may have envisioned it the same way. Wherever Taker's the mystery partner, he does his thing. He eliminates Jim Neidhart in five seconds, and then he gets counted out chasing somebody. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way to really do it. I think, uh, yes. And actually, that works because I believe the first person that – the Undertaker worked the circuit with was Tugboat. So Wow. Yeah, all the matches he had on before, all the matches pretty much before, I think, WrestleMania 7, he was fighting Tugboat. Do you have Survivor Series 90 taped off of pay-per-view? I don't. <laughs> okay, because I'm still trying to find, I did, and I don't remember him saying, Kane, I give you Kane the Undertaker. They don't, no, it, they don't. Okay. And it was, it was one of those things that changed, like, at the Survivor Series, like they were calling him Kane the Undertaker for I think the week or two before when he when they were doing the TV tapings. Okay, why the first couple of shows after Survivor Series when he when he's on TV he's known as Kane the Undertaker, but they dropped it because I don't think they they didn't like it. They just liked the Undertaker. Sure, and then they used hey people do that shit all the time. Like you know they bring back shit that they didn't work out the first time. They put it in the next issue or something like that or the next season. Yeah. Um, and they reused the name Kane. I like that. Yeah. So uh, just to wrap this up, the excellence is victorious. Brett and Tornado survive. So the grand finale, the Warriors team defending the title with the ultimate Warriors captain, Ted DiBiase, bodyguard Virgil, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Brett Hitman Hart, and Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich, taking on Macho King, Randy Savage, the model Rick Martell and Crush, Hogan, Tito, and Shawn Michaels. Nice. So I tried to balance it. Uh, and balance it. And Night. so your so your wild card match or your grand finale match is pretty balls awesome. Um, my finale match ended up being a traditional faces versus heel, but it wasn't for lack of trying. I'll tell you that much. No, I like it though because you did the wild cards along the way and you still ended up that way. And I think yeah. that makes the grand finale in a world like this easier to follow it's like okay so this is my traditional survivor series match it's the most important one of the night and it's got this all-stars basically mm-hmm. oh it's so sad that you said all-stars because my my fifth match is now this is my true just true wild card match as in there was really because there's some rhyme or reason for all the people in 
the teams going into this, you know, so like everybody kind of had a, a counterpart that they were going into. Uh, when I got to the wild card matchup, it was one of these things where I was trying to figure out where to put these people in. And I said, oh, let me just do a wild card match. So this is, there's not really a captain, but I guess he's a captain because he's the first person out the gate. It's Nikolai Volkov. And Nikolai Volkov is joined by his former tag team partner, Boris Zukov. Wow. Uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, Mr. James Snuka. Uh, <laughs> and, and of course, Romeo Paul Roma. Uh, and they're going up against just Team 2, captained by Chico, Chico Santana, uh, Hercules, Tugboat, there's our good friend Tugboat, and Dino Bravo. <laughs> I'm a real man, all right. Real man. <laughs> uh, this is truly a Survivor Series 91 Colonel Mustafa-esque team on both yes, sides. absolutely. Oh, God, it's so <laughs> awful. I mean, even if you just, even if I went straight faces, it would be Nikolai, Jimmy, Snuka, Tito, and Tugboat against Boris Zukov, the Power and Glory, and Dino Bravo. Like that is just a shit team altogether. Look, I'm I'm put I'm going to put you on the spot here. It's Survivor Series month, you know, Turkey weekend. Uh, what's a what's the worst t- uh, team in Survivor Series history between is it the Bulldog Posse or the Mean Street Bulldogs the British Bulldog and the Mean Street Posse or their opponents Val Venus, Mark Henry, Gangrel and Steve Blackman from Survivor Series 99 I mean I'm still I'm still I'm still agonizing over the four doinks <laughs> or even just doink dink pink and wink I mean just Sleazy, queasy, wheezy, cheesy, and fucking the king. I mean, there have been some, there have been some bad friggin' so, yeah. The king's name was creepy. There have <laughs> been some bad Survivor Series teams over the years. I mean, for every great Survivor Series team, there's probably two that are terrible. You know, it's not the yeah. other way around. I uh, I tried to watch that match with DX, CM Punk, and the Hardys. Oh yeah, but I just find Jeff Hardy unwatchable unless it's the final deletion. Is that the one where um, Shawn Michaels kicks what's his name in the face like in two yeah. Mike Knox? Yeah, and he's like, "Was that one of the guys? Did I just kick a fan? <laughs> or he was a guy?" Isn't that so bad? Like it to is. me, that's so awful. Like how they buried that poor guy on friggin' pay per view. Like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, and, and Punk does get. I think that's in Philly. Um, maybe I don't want to misspeak. I'm not a modern wrestling expert at all, but Punk is getting some big heat or like big pops, and Triple H is like, "Hey, I'm his friend," you know? Yeah. Oh God! So who who wins for this one? I cut you off with my Survivor um, Series trivia. Well, that's why it's it's when you said it's a, the All Star teams at the end. No, Nikolai Volkov wins this. He's the sole survivor. So moving Winner into of the Freedom Medal, Bray for the Boy Scouts. That's right. So the grand finale, my grand finale matches: Hulk Hogan, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Nikolai Volkov versus Macho King Randy Savage, Haku the Barbarian, the Honky Tonk Man, and Kato. So Nikolai is this world's Tito, basically, because Tito, Tito's the guy that gets in at the end barely with Warrior and Hogan. Yes, but now don't forget, the winner of this grand, the winner or winners of the grand finale match will receive a num will receive numbers twenty five through thirty in the nineteen ninety one Royal Rumble, where the winner of the Royal Rumble match will be given a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship in the main event at WrestleMania seven. Absolutely. Now, I have chosen a different road, but is there anything excellent happening on your card? Would this be the time? <laughs> this could be the time. Okay. 
So <clears throat> I wrote another promo. If you if you'll indulge me for a minute. Oh, I want everything. Okay. Don't leave. Don't leave anything on the cutting room floor. All right, everybody. We're gonna cut now over to Mean Gene Okerlund. What's going on, Mean Gene? All right, everybody. Here we are at the Survivor Series, and it seems like this evening cannot get any more exciting. Did I say something about an egg? <laughs> well, as you can see, I'm standing in front of this massive egg here, and i got to tell you, folks, people have been coming up to me for the last few weeks begging me to give away what's in this egg. And I'll be honest with you, I have no idea. I feel like I'm hard-boiled to come up with a guess. You might say my brains have been scrambled, and I wish we could get this over easy with now. You might say that I'm just pickled to find this, figure this out. Uh-oh. What, what, what is this? Is it a snap? A crackle? A pop? Oh, my! The egg breaks open and smoke billows out of the egg. All of a sudden, the smoke clears, and a six-foot-six, 315-pound monster of a man rises from the shell. It's the man known as Kona Crush. He's wearing his heel gear, but don't worry. It's the silver and purple combo with the face paint. However, in this universe, he's not a heel just yet this time around. Since Demolition never brought him in, and they never turned heel... He's a baby face here, but he's one of those cool baby faces, kind of in the shade of uh, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. My word, it's Kona Crush. I don't believe it. What are you doing here in the World Wrestling Federation, let alone the Survivor Series? Well, Gene, I've been sitting here patiently waiting to break on through to the World Wrestling Federation, and the time is now. I am here tonight to put the World Wrestling Federation on notice. If you don't know who I am, I'm Kona Crush. And don't let the name fool you, brah. I'm not as laid back as those surfer guys in Hawaii. I'm a bad guy who's ready to take names and take championships. So Ultimate Warrior, Texas Tornado, you better watch out. Because my trophy case is filled, but there's some spots missing. And you boys hold what I want. This egg thing was funny, but it was also pretty stupid, don't you think, Mean Gene? And I only use this because I know that it would give me a platform to tell the world what I want. And now that it's over, I'm going to sit back. Watch this grand finale match, and hey, we'll see what happens. Well, it looks like we have a new force to reckon with here in the World Wrestling Federation, and I just hope Kona Crush does not leave the competition sunny side up. <laughs> Mahalo from Crush. <laughs> Man, I love it. I'm a, I'm a big Crush fan, and you've, you've done what probably should have been done, but yes, it's difficult to do because you're busting out of an egg. Debut a superstar, but then they have to shit on the egg, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's the only way to do it. Can you imagine if Taker came out of the egg, how different things maybe would have gone? The egg man. <laughs> <laughs> Could it be the playmate of the month? And it's Paul Bear. Oh, yeah. I just love how when you watch the Undertaker's thing and he goes, I was watching WWF and I see them with this friggin' egg. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit, am I going to be the egg man? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be the egg man. Dude, mean Mark could have made it work. He you could know, have. could you know, but Maven couldn't have. You know, Maven just didn't work hard enough. I did everything I could to put over Maven, but he wouldn't put in the hours. <laughs> Maven, uh, Undertaker's <laughs> true nemesis, Maven, and his lack of hard work. <laughs> well, is that is that the eggs? And, and first of all, I I about had a heart attack with the uh, the egg based puns because because you could just I mean. It's what would have happened. Oh, one thousand <laughs> percent. What was the one with? I wish this would get over easy. 
<laughs> and then I could see him doing the sunny side up at the end and Crush giving him the side A and G like being, oh, oh, I got away with it. <laughs> yeah, the sunny side up one, I think it's that and the over, the over easy with now is great. I was trying to figure out a way to work an omelet, but I couldn't think of a word that sounded enough like omelet to be like, oh, here's an omelet for you. Oh, God. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. So, uh, since it's promo time, over on my earth, we've got the big grand finale coming up. Now, remember, Warrior and Savage have stakes here that are sold. It's their first appearance, which is unique to this earth. And uh, Sean Mooney has the Warriors team in the cloud-filled Survivor Series factory. You know what I'm talking about, the cloud? Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's Warrior, Piper, Bret Hart, Texas Tornado, and then DiBiase and Virgil off to the side. And it's Sean Mooney. <clears throat> Ultimate Warrior, with your team now assembled, are you prepared to defend your championship in this historic manner, along with five potential new challengers? <laughs> there are many reasons to be thankful on a day such as this. The ancient spirits of the Warriors, long and shortly gone, have empowered me in ways which you cannot comprehend. There are many souls lost, but none more so than those that are ruled by the almighty dollar. And thus we have begun a ritual of purification on you, Tadimiasi. None of your dollar disciples will penetrate the force field of the skeletons. Perhaps the Virgil Vigilance could one day be welcomed when he has shed the cocoon of lies. Perhaps Rowdy's Roddy's could lead you on the road to the freedom of your forefathers. But the road is paved with tandem tornado tenacity, of which there is only one key, which has been delivered to the altar of the warrior. And you, Bret Hart, last night the vessel of your dead brother breathed his last breath. And when he did, at the crossroads of verisimilitude, the soul's breath was given into the lungs of the warrior. And while the rest... Shall call me captain. You will call me brother. Touching words for the team captain. Let's go to our broadcast colleague, Mean G, with the challengers. So, yeah, you got to think that Warrior would go off uh, script and uh, go to business and talk about breathing the last breath of Bret Hart's dead brother, right? I can't. <laughs> I had to mute myself because I was like, get the fuck out of here. Well, <laughs> he's. <laughs> The fucking dead brother, his reference of Virgil, shaking off his lies. Like, come on. Well, my favorite thing ever is in the actual grand finale promo when he talks about warrior uh, wildness, uh, Hulkamania, and the power of Arriba Derche. Yeah, Arriba Derche. Yeah, which is tremendous. So, so good. You got oh. DiBiase's dollars, the Virgil's vigilance, Rowdy's Rowdy's. Johnny, the, this is Johnny. That's fantastic. That's that's fucking gorgeous. It's beautiful. Thank right. you, for, thank you for that. That is, I haven't laughed. Oh, I haven't laughed that hard at a warrior promo in forever. So thank you. All right, good deal. I just got one half left. I promise it will be quick. That's good. All right. It's, it's Mean Gene is in the locker room with the payphone. All right. With the Macho King and Sherry, the model and Crush. I love that Crush has such big brand synergy here. Yeah. Now, to the side on this team is Hogan, the Teets, and Shawn Michaels. All right? Like you, Shawn Mooney, I feel like this one could explode at any minute. Macho King, moments away from your challenge. Look into the eyes of the scepter, Mean Gene, and realize how wrong you are. We are moments away from a coronation. And with such model teammates, uh-huh. We're going to crush the competition, yeah. Hulk Hogan, how can you possibly coexist with this man? Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. My Hulkamaniacs have survived this far by doing exactly what we said we would do, Jack. And speaking of Jack's Jack, President Jack Tunney has promised the WF fans 
grand finale match, dude. And believe it, in demandments has brought us to that moment in time. But while the Primo Donna and Crushzilla are worshiping the madness, dude, I'm running down the highway on Harley with the powers of Arriba Durche and Rakashan, dude. And what are you going to do when we ride into the grand finale on you? Are you ready to go face-to-face with the ultimate warrior? Oof. Gorilla, ow, back to you. And that woof is Hogan prepping the mic, the motorcycle and riding backwards out of the frame. Oh, God. I mean, this is one of those this is one of those promos where Hogan is not supposed to be the, the main focal point, And I love it. And I love That's, it only because it, it, it kind of makes it sound it sounds great. He's not the main point here. It's savage. Exactly. I love and, it. And and that's yeah, and that's the thing. And I, 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 Rock of Sean is but it was weak to me. But I don't know. And he, of course, he just said Ariba Derche. But and Rock of Sean though, I think I fucked it up. It's pre model now, like pre Madonna, like pre model now, dude. Like multi multi million dollar man. Oh, I love yeah. what he says. Multi multi million dollar man. Yeah. I love when he says that shit. Rock of Sean. Rock of Sean. Rock of Sean. Shaka Khan, dude. I mean, Rakashan, dude. Ah, I love it. So, I love it. <laughs> do you have any pre-match shenanigans before the finale? Uh, no, there are no pre-match shenanigans. The pre-match shenanigans before the finale was was the egg. Okay, I wanted to make sure. I want to make sure not yeah, to cut no, you off. It's, it's not, none so, of that. So, if we're following the format, I go first, but I've been talking for so long. Is that okay? Like, I yeah. feel bad. Okay. No, go ahead. All right, so I will try to keep this as concise as possible. Uh, obviously, they do their entrances. It's a spectacle. It's unlike anything we've ever seen in the World Wrestling Federation. Here we go. I'm doing this. Uh, the format I do, the first elimination in is what I'll follow. Warrior uh, hits the shoulder tackle on Crush 35 seconds into the match. And Warrior's up 6-5. Uh, Shawn Michaels hits a reverse crescent kick brain. To Virgil at 3 minutes and 12 seconds, but there's storyline here. Ted wants the tag with Virgil in control. Piper's yelling at Virgil, Virgil, be your own man! And this just confuses Virgil and he eats the super kick. Not confuses him like he's stupid, but just like he thinks about it, and that moment gives Sean the opportunity for the super kick, and that's that. And thus seeds for WrestleMania 7 are sowed. Uh, next elimination. Via Countout, the Texas Tornado at 7 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, Tornado's in there with Tito Santana. Tornado goes off the ropes, and the model pulls down the rope. Now, Strike Force is on the same team with the Mega Powers, mind you, in this grand finale. So you got Strike Force exploding and the powers. So the model pulls down the rope, and Tornado's counted out. Then at 8 minutes and 2 seconds, so 15 seconds later, Tito is pissed and chases the model around the ring, and Tito gets counted out, unfortunately. Mm. Now... The model pins Ted DiBiase at 11 minutes and 35 seconds. Both guys get tagged in, and the, the reason what happens is Ted DiBiase and the model refuse to fight each other. So Ted immediately tags Piper. Piper steps in the ropes. He's kind of like, I don't really like you trying to tell me what to do. And so he slaps DiBiase, which is a legal tag. DiBiase gets in the ring. He's yelling at Piper, and Rick Martel is like, well, uh, we should be good friends, but I'm going to hit you with the schoolboy. And he just rolls him up for a one, two, three. And that gets DiBiase out of this thing, uh, but it also gets friction between Piper and DiBiase. Uh, three minutes later, Bret Hart submits the model with the sharpshooter at 14.07. Uh, 
1655, Piper is DQ'd because Ted DiBiase comes back with a chair. Piper wrestles it away from DiBiase, but as he's wrestling it away, it hits Shawn Michaels, who is on the other team, and so Piper gets DQ'd. It's the only, the only way you can get him out. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah. Next, now this is interesting. As soon as the chair makes impact on Shawn Michaels, Piper gets DQ'd and has to leave. The Warrior just runs in the ring and pins Shawn Michaels after a splash. But it's like a, he doesn't even wind up. It's just kind of he – and I'm not making fun of the Warrior. It's like to make it more sleazy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like he does hit his finish, but it's like a wimpy version of it. Mm-hmm. So now we're down to two on two for those keeping score. It's Warrior and Bret Hart versus the Mega Powers. At 21.05, Hogan pins Bret after a leg drop. And then Hogan and Warrior go at it for until for four minutes exactly. At mm. 25 minutes, there's a double down. Sherry gets up on the apron and drops her purse. The referee um, banishes her from ringside, and the outside, the referee has taken Sherry back, but Sherry runs back. So now the inside referee helps get her to the back. Now, Hogan is up first, and Savage has the purse. Hogan clotheslines Savage over the top because he ain't about to let Savage win the title by hitting the Warrior with a brick in the purse, dude. Mm-hmm. Hogan turns around, eats a shoulder tackle. Warrior hits the big splash. He's got the one, two, three, but there's no referee. They're still dealing with Sherry. Savage recoups, goes up top with the purse, hits Warrior with the brick in the purse, rolls Hogan on top of Warrior, Slides out of the ring. Earl comes back. One, two, three. Hogan eliminates the Warrior via pinfall at 28 minutes and 12 seconds, thus making Macho King the champion and Hogan as a contender that will get a championship match on television in the future. Ah. And he used Hogan. And and I envision this as Warrior would beat Savage in a rematch the next night on the main event, like Ted DiBiase would fight the Warrior in the real world. And then Mm -hmm. you you build to Warrior Hogan at WrestleMania 7 with Warrior saying, you, you know, you betrayed me. And he's like, dude, dude, I really didn't betray you, dude. But who's the heel at WrestleMania 7? Exactly. Who is the betrayer and who is the betrayed? And I'm sure that they could cut some crazy promos about that. And, of course, you lose Warrior Savage, which is, like, the greatest match of all time. So, mm. I don't know. But that's what I came up with. Wow. I, that finale is – the finale beats my finale so much. It's not even crazy. I mean, I think I put more – I put more I put more effort into <laughs> the, 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 the egg promo. No, no. <laughs> well, first of all, the egg promo was a reason to listen to this entire podcast, period. Yeah. But here's the thing. I had an unfair – like, that's not a fair comparison because the your stipulation is long-term what a grand finale stability could could have brought. Yeah. Mine's just a hot shot one-night angle. Mm-hmm. So it's not okay. a fair comparison. So don't, right, don't, so, don't say that. So going, so going back over again, so my teams for the grand finale Survivor match are – Hulk Hogan, Roddy Roddy Piper, and Nikolai Volkov going up against Macho King Randy Savage, Haku, Bob Arian, the Honky Tonk Man, and Kato. Uh, so I have the order of eliminations just on this as they come in, matches go on. Uh, I didn't do times on this. I should have now that I hear you. I only did it because you did it last time. I know. I realized that I didn't do Yeah, okay. Uh, so Kato is the first to get eliminated. He's actually pinned by Roddy Roddy Piper after a sleeper hold. Um, Piper puts him in the sleeper hold, and then he pins him. Um, the next to go is the Hockey Tonk Man, who's pinned by Hogan, but only after getting kicked in the face by Haku, 
a la Andre at WrestleMania 6. <laughs> oh, yes. And as he's walking out, he gets interviewed by Sean Mooney, and he very much continues his, uh, I'm looking for Scylla. I don't know where, where she is, but somebody help me. Help me back. <laughs> Because of course, that's that's from SummerSlam with Dusty, right? Yes. Because if you get hit in the head, because getting hit in the face with a kick by Haku is pretty much the same as getting hit in the head with a guitar by Jimmy Hart. Uh, Don't be cruel. Don't be cruel, baby. So, uh, in a, in a, in a shocking twist here, Nikolai Volkov is pinned by the Macho King Randy Savage <laughs> after a top rope elbow smash. But um, it's kind of nice to know that Nikolai didn't. He wasn't the first one out the gate. For sure. It, well, Warlord gets jobbed. He does. Yes, he does. I mean, he's one of the visionaries. And I hate that Hogan kicks out of the power plex at like one and a half. Yeah. Um, and this now the next one is kind of funny. So Haku is in the ring tussling with Hogan. And of course, Haku's life mate, the barbarian, comes over and they start tussling around with Hogan. The three of them fall over the ropes together and they're just fighting outside, and they're counted out because the fighting continues to go throughout the crowd. So it's not so not only wow. Haku, Haku and Hogan are double counted, but also the Barbarian because the referee Earl he just he had it with all of them. He's just like the three of you are out, get out of here. So Hogan eliminated Haku and the Barbarian eliminated, leaving us with just the Macho King Randy Savage and Rowdy Roddy Piper. And a classic back-and-forth match goes between the two of them for several minutes, as it would. And now, again, remember, this is to get a shot to receive either 25 to 30 in the Rumble, which is going to give you a, almost a guaranteed shot at the World Championship at WrestleMania. So this is high stakes for the two of them. Um, Savage obviously wanting to get back to the mountaintop. Piper, having never been to the mountaintop, wanting to get there finally. So after back-and-forth, it comes to Sensational Sherry, of course, the queen, the queen of wrestling, my queen. She comes in, Savage is the referee, Earl is knocked out, Savage grabs Piper, and I kind of did it another one. I kind of used the same gimmick twice, but Sherry hits Savage in the head with the loaded purse because Piper does the reverse low blow kick to Savage. He kind of gives him a reverse mule kick. Sure. Kicks him right in the balls. And one's out of the way, and Sherry comes off the top rope with the loaded purse, hits Savage square on the head. Piper then turns Sherry around, picks her up, gives her an atomic atomic drop. Her ass is out to the entire audience there, and she just goes, you know, ass over tea kettle right over the top rope. And all of a sudden, Earl wakes up, Piper turns around, and he just puts his foot on Randy Savage and pins him one, two, three in the middle of the ring. Roddy Roddy Piper is your sole survivor. And he is getting he is guaranteed a shot at either twenty five to thirty in the rumble coming up. And he's doing it for America. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Because I, I I was about to I was wondering if both of us would have put Savage over so hard. But I like the idea. I mean, we all saw it when Piper was Intercontinental title. Like having yeah. him in a title hunt feels special. Like yeah. this is the time it would. In WCW it doesn't, to me. No. But here it does. I love mm-hmm. it. Mm. And I also like too, like I put Savage I put Piper back into this because at the time he's not injured or anything. He's just not wrestling like, and right. he's doing commentary and it's kind of weird that like he's, and I think he's wrestling on house shows, but he's just not on television with any kind of a program. Cause I think for the time, I think for a lot of it, he, he was wrestling like perfect around the horn. I think, um, you know, when perfect wasn't, when perfect wasn't really wrestling like Kerry Von Eric, 
he was going up against Piper, so it was kind of cool because I mean, you had that's a great those are great matches. There, I think there's one match that they have that there was on primetime with the two of them, and I don't think Perfect was the he might not have been the champ. I can't remember if he was the champ or not, but it was like one of those rare matches where at the end of it, like Piper goes and shakes his hand. And I think Perfect got a clean win over him. So it was kind of, like, cool just to see. And Wow. I, yeah, and I always kind of liked that. I I always loved when Piper was in in some kind of a program, you know? Like, it was just always fun to see the guy in there. So, And he was still real young. I mean, he wasn't old at all. So I don't know why yeah. he didn't really want to wrestle all that time. But he looks good, too. Like, I mean, he like he's still, you know, in good enough oh, yeah. shape. And, oh, he's in, he's in great shape. Like... That's the weirdest thing is that Piper in 90, 91 and 92, he's in great shape. I don't know why they, it was like this. I think a lot of it had to do with like, cause you know, they always talk about Savage and how Vince wanted this, like the Babe Ruth of wrestling. And he wanted this kind of like ambassador role for somebody that was like one of the elder statesmen. And I think that he tried to push that on Piper, you know, after Hogan didn't want it, and Hogan was like, I'm, you know, I'm not doing that, and then I think he put it on Piper, and Piper, I think, went with it, because probably the money was good, and he probably was like, you know what, I don't have to wrestle, and um, I think he had said, too, that he he liked getting off the road, because, you know, he's a family man, and he wanted to kind of be there, but um, it's just so weird, because it's a guy who, God, he was the hottest thing in friggin' wrestling in the, in the, you know, in the mid-80s, and and then it was like he kind of just like he left to go be an actor. And, you know, he has one of the best one of the best like sci fi uh, cult classic movies out there with They Live. You know, I mean, people love that movie. And then yep. he comes back and he has a pretty decent second half. You know, do you think he should have main evented two with Hogan? <sighs> yes and no. And the reason why I say yes, because it would have been. It would have been, although I think Hogan and Bundy was pretty good, but Hogan and Hogan and Piper was the main event we never got, and we should have. Um, the only problem is, by that point, people had already started to like him, and you ran into that. It's so funny. You look back at Hogan, and yeah, Hogan was still awesome and getting crowd reactions that he should have been in, like, 86 and 87, but the shine was starting to wear off, and it was like if there was a new guy that was coming in that was kind of hot, it was like they were cheering for him as opposed to Hogan. It happened with Jake Roberts. I think it happened with Savage. I think there were some places where Savage went that Savage was getting cheered more than Hogan. Um, and I think, and I know Jake was. I know Jake was getting cheered more than Hogan, and Piper would have. It would have been the same thing with Piper. People loved loved Roddy Piper, and I think that had Roddy Piper had continued that program with Hogan in the 86, I don't know if, I don't know if people would have been booing him. I feel like they would have been cheering him. I mean, they cheered him against T. That was the big thing at the end of that match against Mr. T. They were cheering him. And yeah, that's, I, I like that match too. A lot of people hate on it. I think it's pretty good. I, a lot of people hate on WrestleMania 2. I don't think WrestleMania 2 is that bad. No, uh, it's, it's, it's too often decided that it should be the the worst or the last or the next to last. It's like yeah. the sixth or seventh worst mania. I mean, WrestleMania one's not even that that good. No, no, you're right. It's <laughs> not. It's really not. What's what's the match that sells that even? I mean, like from a work rate perspective, I, I don't know. I'm not uh, are you a work rate guy. I mean, I am, but I'm also I also like the the match being told in the ring, the story being told in the ring. So I'm okay with watching like you know. I mean, one of my, I think one of my 
one of my favorite wrestlers of all time was Jake Roberts, and Jake Roberts never had a five star match. You know, Jake sure. Roberts was, but his his command of the crowd was like ten stars. You know, and I mean, I my favorite, my number one on Mount Rushmore is Savage, and yeah, Savage had a couple of classics, but Savage also knew how to work a four minute match better than anybody else. Is uh, think, oh go ahead. Oh no, his match with his match with Steamboat, his matches with Flair. I think uh, he, but Savage knew how to, Savage was the best wrestler for Saturday Night's main event because he knew how to work a four-minute match better than anybody else. And I think that um, if you look at any of his matches, it's like, yeah, they're okay, but he was the best at it because he just, he knew what to do. And, I mean, for WrestleMania 1, the match that sells that is the tag match, and the tag match is okay, but it's not fantastic. I mean, it's got Mr. T in it, you know? Yeah, um... I just watched the Saturday Night Live that they host a couple weeks ago. Um, what a weird thing on Peacock. It's all hacked to shit. But, yeah. I mean, I get it, though. That's the celebrity aspect. I mean, it sells it. It's you got to have somebody there. Oh, yeah. Um, so the, the I should have just asked you this easier question uh, when I asked you if you were a worker guy. Is Hulk Andre three five stars and is Rock Hogan five stars? Um, oh. Neither one of them's five stars. I think Rock Hogan's probably. I mean, that's the thing is that Andre Hogan is just the thing that sells Andre Hogan is the friggin' body slam at the end. That's what sells it at the end. I the mean, answer, the answer is they're both five stars, Keith. Come on, are they both five stars? Okay. Well, no, and I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to to, to derail you. I I, I didn't, wasn't trying. No, to I'll do give that. it. I'll give it to you. I mean. Do you have – was there any other match that was going to – I mean, there's always that – there was always that talk, the rumor that uh, one of the reasons why Paul Orndorff isn't on the card at WrestleMania 3 is because if Andre couldn't go, the main event was going to be Hogan Orndorff. Oh, really? Uh, that was the rumor. I mean, according to people that, like, knew Andre, Andre was always going to go, but the guy needed back surgery. So, I mean, right. like, if he, if he couldn't go, I don't know if they would have – I mean, that would have been – horrible if it was a game time decision i mean could you imagine if they said like card subject to change i mean that would have been that would have killed it but i mean the 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 match on that the match on that card is savage steamboat that's the one that every single person loves so it it is i agree with you but there's like you couldn't sit here and tell me that like some random fast and the furious movie is good because it looks really expensive and it's a spectacle but you could sit here and tell me that Hogan Andre is a classic be- oh. because it's a spectacle, because the environment, 100%. the commentary, yeah. the interaction with the fans, that adds everything to it. Because here's the thing. How can it be a bad match if people are that – I'm just going to say 93,000. You can hate me yeah. later. If 93,000 yeah. people are living and breathing on its every movement, yeah. how could it be bad? It's not. No, 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 it's not. It's not bad. You asked if it was five stars. No, you're right. And I and, and, and that's the thing is that, do I think it's a five star? You know what? Fuck it. Yes, it is. You're but absolutely right. Five, five and stars. I'm, and I'm seeking that because of the whole package altogether. You had Andre with this, you know, quote unquote, undefeated streak. I mean, people knew he lost before, but maybe not. I mean, you had this undefeated streak with Hogan. You had him just turn heel. You had him take Bobby Heenan, who was such a villainous manager. You have Hogan, who's been the champion. Is Hogan going to keep the championship? I mean, there was so many different things that went into that, that, yes, that match was huge. It was it was a main event, a main event to be main events. It was probably the, 
you know, they didn't, I mean, let's, let's face it, they got like four more matches out of the two of those guys. And, you know, all yeah. of those matches afterwards were, were huge. I mean, the main event in February of 88 was, I think, did the best numbers on like NBC in years. It's the best WWF product that's ever been produced in history. Yeah. Minute by minute. Yeah. Um, could there have been anybody else that did it? I don't think so. I don't think you, I don't think you could have sold WrestleMania three on anybody else against Hogan except for Andre. And and I think that that's what got whether you believe it's ninety three thousand or you don't. I think that's what got ninety three thousand people in the audience. I think that's what had everybody buy on pay per view. Um, you got probably another two years worth of storylines out of it. Um, no, it's it was huge. It was huge. And yeah, and I didn't mean to sound like a stickler. No, no, no. But I think and I think that you go and you look at. I mean, I'll even take like Hogan Warrior. I mean, the Warrior sucks. Like the Warrior's terrible. Like he's not. He only he was only ever good in matches with like guys that carried him with crutches in a wheelchair. I mean, like and you look at it and I'm, I'm sorry, it was Rick Rude, Randy Savage and that one match with Hogan. And it's really a testament to Hogan that he was able to. And I think he, I think I even heard the other day that Hogan said <laughs> like like in the like at the beginning when they're doing like the test of strength. And I think like Hogan looks over and Warry is like <gasps> And he's breathing, and Hogan's like, slow down, kid. He's like, yeah. He's like, we got to pull another 20 minutes here, brother. Like, you better slow down. And Hogan walked him through. He carried him through that match, and it's probably one of the best matches the Warrior ever had against Hogan. And it's a testament to Hogan. That's a main event. That's a that's a five-star match because of everything that surrounded it, from the fact that it was title for title, that it's the two biggest stars of the late 80s, let's say, or the 80s and the 90s, the fact that Hogan hands him the belt at the end and it's just like, you know, walks away. And and they and the fact that like half the crowd was watching Hogan leave on the trolley while Warriors in the ring posing like that's yeah. just it's amazing to get for a guy to do that and to know that he was going to still be pretty much the top dog, even though he wasn't the champion. That's huge. And I think that, the, you know, what? As far as work rate, yeah, you can watch, you can watch Flair Steamboat and Savage and Steamboat, and you can watch um, pretty much Steamboat well, and anybody. <laughs> there's, <laughs> but, it's the same thing with uh, cinema. Like, and I'm just going to use Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope as the example. Sure. sure. Like, to me, that's the best movie ever made. Like, it's it's my favorite movie, etc. It's five stars, but mm-hmm. so is Citizen Kane. But they're mm-hmm. different things. Yeah. You know, Citizen Kane is like work rate. Star Wars is, I don't want to call it just entertainment because I'm not trying to belittle Star Wars, but mm-hmm. especially episode four. But it's like you can be a five star work rate or you can be a five star experience. Yeah. Well, that's like I say about like a guy like Randy Savage. To me, he's the number one on Mount Rushmore because he had it all. I agree. He had, he had the look. He had the the ability in the ring. He had the moves. He had the manager. He had... Um, the, just his promos were, I mean, the guy was amazing. Randy Savage is the back to the future of professional wrestling. Back to the future, in my opinion, is I think is, it's my favorite movie. I think it's one of the, it's, it's a perfect movie. It's like the, uh, uh, Hollywood's favorite screenplay. Like they say it's the greatest screenplay ever written. Yeah. It's, 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 it's by far and away. It's, I think it's the most perfect movie out there. It's better than anything else out there. Well, there you go. The only thing that ruins Back to the Future is the sequels. 
to be honest. I like the second one. I love the sequels. I love them, but they ruin the first one because the first one is a perfect movie. But that's okay. That's a story for another time. I mean, people think the Ewoks ruined Star Wars. No, it's the Emperor's corpse that ruined the Star Wars. (laughs) Oh, God, Johnny, I want to see what your thoughts are on the new trilogy. Oh, I love seven. I love eight. I hate nine. It's pretty simple. <laughs> no, seven's great. Seven's a great nostalgia walk. Uh, I could still tear up watching the trailer where Han Solo says it's true. All of it. The mm-hmm. Jedi, the dark yeah. side, because Han Solo never talks about the Jedi and the Sith in the fucking original trilogy. No. So, it's, so it's a Han Solo that's informed by everything we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Eight is a tremendous risk. The Poe comedy and the casino don't work, but everything else is tremendous. Nine, I want to kill my – actually, that's not funny. That's not a funny thing to joke about. I, I want to rip out my eyeballs. Okay. I mean, my only gripe with the – my only gripe with eight is that it they make Luke out to be somebody that Luke Skywalker is not. See, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that because <sighs> – we were only with Luke for a very short amount of time, and we saw him change dramatically from a from a rocker Shawn Michaels to an elderly NXT Shawn Michaels. <laughs> and who's to say that he wouldn't have become something afterwards? I mean, I'm sorry, we saw him become world champion Shawn Michaels, and now he's the crazy NXT Hunter. So, so at, at what point did at what point does Luke Skywalker take pain medica- pain pills? <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't really remember much. Uh, Kevin was telling me that, uh, well, I don't know, Jack. How about I kick your teeth right down your throat? Hey, Sean, are you still alive? I think so, Raze. <laughs> that's, that's a line from the uh, the ESPN thing on Scott Hall where he's like, Sean and I would be in the hotel room taking pills, and I'd go, Sean, are you still breathing, brother? Oh, God. I think so, Raze. <laughs> Oh, he called him Rays. Yeah, he would call him Rays. <laughs> you know what, man? Like, I would watch a, like, a dramatized, like, you got the show Heels on Stars that nobody watches, even though I watched every episode. Yeah. Um, Like, it's time to start using your product. Like, I would totally watch a serious, like, comedy drama show on, like, a, on a, on a like, artistic network. Of course, it would be Peacock about, like, the click. Sure. Or... Something that's uh, well. Have you, have have you seen the pictures of um, Zach Efron as? Oh uh, yeah, the Von Erich flick. Is, but, is he is he David Von Erich? I see. Here's the thing, man. I, the only Von Erich I know is Carrie. Yeah, I think I can't remember which Von Erich he's playing. And then there's yeah. always been that rumor or that movie that's out there where I think Chris Hemsworth plays Hulk that's, Hogan. It's it's there's no way it's happening. No. I mean, I, I'm with you. I heard about it for years. It's yeah. been too long and Netflix is cutting on content. Chris Hemsworth is too fucking busy. Yeah. But I would love I would love to see I'd love to see a real I mean some of those A and E biographies are fantastic and I would love to see a real like you said dramatized but not too dramatized version of like well, the click in the 90s, like how it formed. And just because I want to get to the my favorite part. And you know who you get to direct it? You get Kevin Nash. Like you get Kevin Nash to friggin write it and direct it because that guy's memory is like a is like a it's like a vice. It's a vault. That guy agrees everything. And one of the things I love is I love what he talks about when Triple H came in. and He just goes, I was so excited because here's this guy. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. 
finally I can get fucked up. Because <laughs> he was always the one that was the designated driver. Man, and Kevin was... loves to drink a bottle of wine after the matches. Yeah, have a little vino afterwards. Yep. S- sit around and talk with the guys. Old Glory Wine. I love that Old Glory Thunder episode of of Third Thunder. Oh. where It's my favorite. It's my... uh. uh. It's like my comfort food movie. You do a great Kevin Nash. Oh, thank you. I'm about to lose my voice, too. Hold on. Uh. <clears throat> oh, man. Hopefully somewhere in the multiverse, I didn't have to stop and take that drink. But, folks, fans, <laughs> I appear to be legitimately losing my voice. Woo! So, without uh, anything being said, Keith, uh, wh- what do you got to sell me, my man? Tell me where else we can hear of your misadventures, my good friend. Well, you can always hear me on Greetings from Allentown uh, with Pete. Uh, we are we actually just at, well, as this aired, we did our Thanksgiving special where we watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Never and, seen it. Yeah, Really? I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but can you believe I've never seen it? I'll watch it. I'll watch it listen to your show. You should listen. To, don't even watch it. Just listen to our show. It was, Fair uh, enough. It's uh, actually somebody, one of our fans on Twitter actually tweeted out he goes this this show makes the movie so much more watchable so um yeah please i mean it was uh it's a it's it's one of our favorites and it was great too because at one point I, i'm i'm tearing into it a little bit because i have to tear into it and pete goes are we really gonna sit here and for 90 minutes you're gonna shit all over my favorite movie and i was like maybe i go that's what we do here but uh so yeah you can always you can always hear us right now we're going through 1988 uh post summer slam we're marching towards Survivor Series 88, which is Pete's favorite pay-per-view of all time. Uh, but he also keeps telling me that he's going to throw in some 88 NWA. So uh, we're looking to jump around. But it's one of the things we, we love to do now is we love to kind of watch, like, the weekly shows leading up to, like, a big event. And then um, so we the last show we watched was the introduction of Akeem, the African Dream. So oh, that was, yeah. That was a big fun thing for us there. Um, and then... Let's see. I'm going to be doing an episode of the uh, multiverse, multiverse of fabulousness. I think. Uh. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more about that, Joe. That sounds like a genius title. It sounds like it has a genius creator. Behind it does. It. I believe it is the genius, the madness of Johnny C is uh, is the man who runs that show. And uh, no, that's a that's this is this is quickly becoming one of my favorite listens to is the uh, multiverse of fabulousness. I will say that because so. Do you think that people would benefit from checking out the new TNN podcast feed where I have all sorts of shows? Absolutely. Wow. You know, I just launched a new show called Junk Man where I watch bad movies uh, for my 100th episode anniversary special. Uh, I watched Rollerball. Holy shit. I'm so glad you didn't call me for that. Dude, that is a fucking movie. Because you know if you call me, I will come a knocking. So Well, I did and then I did uh I did the Chris Klein special because I did Chun Li after that. Oh, so oh. And, and and I did three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain. Oh god, and, what are you doing? Why are you ruining your No wonder you can't talk. You're not gonna be able to see sooner or later. Well, it's cause I do the impression of the grandpa from three ninjas. Hey ninjas! You guys fucking suck. Call the Ninja Turtles if you've got the problem. <laughs> I love it. But uh, for anything else you have, just kind of follow me on Twitter, Flounder824. And uh, I'm also on Facebook if you look me up. It's Keithy Langston, Keithy, or just Keith Langston, you know. And uh, But other than that, no, I mean, I'm, I'm around and about, you know. I'm hanging out with uh, Jenny and I are doing a – we're going to be doing a Pluto watch. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on the uh, – 
the Mount Rushmore of movies, and you know, it's a good time. I'm loving it. I'm loving the place to be, and I'm loving the North South connection. So yeah, I'm on an episode of Mount Rushmore that just came out. It would have been today, which means it's already out. It's a uh, Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo oh, games. Ah, that one I can't wait to listen to. Well, it's it's just me and Steve. It's it's good though because we get to talk longer about all the picks. Yeah, see, that's that's a thing. Is that I I kind of went from Nintendo really right over to like PlayStation. Like I had a Genesis. I never had a Super Nintendo until I got to college and I bought one off of eBay. And then, uh, but when I was a kid, it was like I had Nintendo up until pretty much like I we had a Genesis that fell off the truck. And oh then, no! Uh, yeah, and then. Uh, my brother had a PlayStation that fell off the truck, and so, uh, but I mean, I think the only games I, I remember Joe Montana football for the Genesis, and which I always thought was great because it was instead of going east to west, it went north south, and it was really weird. It was a really weird play action kind of win the game, but the that, Kansas City was, Chiefs fumbled on the twelve. Oh, so you remember that game? Oh, dude, come on! I had ninety three and, and ninety four with Forty Niners and then Chiefs. <laughs> and then uh, I think it was that, and then I had obviously I had the right re- the original Sonic, and then what was the wrestling game that was out? Was it the um, Royal Rumble Super WrestleMania? Yeah, I think I su- I think I had Raw. Super Res- I think I had Super WrestleMania, and that okay. was it. And then and then I went right into PlayStation. I love WWF the arcade game. Dark the Cloud wins. <laughs> and then of course in your house, Hunter Hearst Helmsley with the Ultimate Warrior. It looks perfect to me, McMahon. Because it's just random sound bites. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, those are the ones where like, where like, I used to love when they they would send you out things to like rejuvenate your health, and it was like like Doink would have like a slot bucket or whatever, and then the Undertaker would get like crosses. Yep, and uh, but I, I will say, giving Owen Hart uh, like a deck of playing cards that he can shoot like Gambit was always a big win for me. Oh sure. Oh, well, that King of Hearts thing didn't last long. Okay, we're done. We are done uh, because the after show has gone as long as the show, which I love. But I have no idea how to write up the show notes. Listen to everything on the North-South Connection Podcast Network. We will scratch that itch of your fandom, uh, Mm -hmm. whether it's pop culture, like how I just reviewed Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Go see it. Listen to it. It's worth it on both ends. Uh, ECW, WCW. Uh, sir, I was waiting for Wrestling Warzone Survivor Series 96 episode, and it came out uh, just last week, and I finished it over the weekend. It was worth the wait. Uh, it was worth its weight in gold, if you will. Uh, they even talked about Sid and Vladimir uh, going, who's the man? Who's the man? Because that's the thing that I always remember about that show. <laughs> uh, Jenny's always in position on Wednesdays. New Jen on a mission rotating with the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast on Tuesdays. And uh, someday, please bring it back. Uh, TNA never dies. My favorite show of all time. And, uh, yeah, listen to everything else. Uh, and, yeah, listen to the new TNN. Listen to Grady's from Allentown. And I feel the pull of Earth Finale. They kicked us out a while. and We were hanging out, and I got a bunch of parking tickets. So isn't that fucking nice? But, Keith, thank you so much. Uh, thank we you. Jo- will you join us again in maybe three weeks or a month? Sure. Are, are you a fan? I'm putting you on the spot here, but the next multiverse of fabulousness, folks, will arrive in your stocking on what is traditionally known as Christmas. Uh, well, it's December 25th, which if you celebrate Christmas, it's Christmas. I'm not trying to generalize here, you know, because I think that's a real legit thing. But, you know, as a, as a household, we're rocking some Christmas over here. Oh, uh, oh. 
you know, exactly. So I got to figure out something for Christmas. Mm-hmm. But we're literally dropping on that date. But, uh, you know, we'll talk. Uh, everybody, enjoy yourselves out there in the multiverse. I don't have a sign-off catchphrase, so I'll leave you with this. Johnny C is cool. We'll see you next time. <laughs>